Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Three weeks ago, we began a series which is called The Valley. And uh, it's all about understanding that God wants to take us through valley seasons. Potentially one of the most uh, famous scriptures in the Bible, Psalm 23. Maybe you're new to church. Uh, I've never read the Bible before, but maybe you've heard part of this somewhere before. Um, it says this, we'll, we'll read it. This is Psalm 23. Uh, it says this, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And so when we launched this series, we talked about the fact that we all go through valley seasons. Many times that doesn't mean that we're um, out of sync with God or doing anything wrong. There are some valleys that we walk through of our own doing. Who, who, who knows some of those? I know some of those in my, in my own life. But these valley seasons, uh, even though we may long to be on the mountaintop, to see the view, to have the you know, sun on us, to get the perfect Instagram shot, or you know, whatever reason you're up on top of the mountain, there's, there, there's purpose and plan of God in the valley. And in fact, many times, more growth appears in our lives, more fruit comes in our lives in the valley than it does on top of the mountain. And so we talked about that in the first week, uh, and then a couple of weeks ago, uh, Rachel preached a powerful message about, um, about the valley of loss and how through times of loss, we can grieve with hope because of Christ and that we can allow that loss to, to deepen our compassion for others, all the while knowing that He can redeem what's been lost through His power and His purpose. And so this morning, uh, what I want to do is bring our next, our next topic of, um, of, of valley. But, but, but before we do that, um, I, I just want to talk about, you know, maybe for you, you've, you, you feel like you're in a valley season. I remember there was one, one of those for me uh, a number of years ago. And I remember during that time, I, I said, to someone, I said, I feel like I've grown through this time, but there's nothing much to show for it. And uh, this guy just really quickly sort of like quipped back to me. He's like, well, that's the difference between seed time and harvest time. And you know those little like one-liners that just sort of like stick with you? I'm like, whoa. And so I want to encourage you that even though at the moment, maybe you feel like you're walking through a valley, maybe you feel like you don't see any you know, outward sort of evidence of growth, I want to encourage you that God is working on your life and is working on your heart. And so with that in mind, today we're going to speak about, we're going to speak into uh, the valley of addiction. Now, you, you may be here and automatically, as soon as you hear the word addiction, you think of addict and you think, well, I'm not an addict, so this doesn't apply to me. You might be thinking, man, I wish they, you know, picked a different topic. Or maybe you're like, awesome, this doesn't apply to me. I can sit through this without any conviction of the Holy Spirit thinking how good I am. <coughs> Pride. Anyway, but you know, you know, whatever, whatever it is for you. But, but I just want to um, widen this topic for a moment past what might be our automatic thinking when it comes to addiction. So 
So if you're like me, probably our minds go straight to drug addiction, alcohol addiction, gambling addiction, maybe, maybe a sex pornography addiction. And, and those addictions are very real. And they're maybe very real for some people in this place sitting here today. And if, if that is you, this message is for you as well. I want to tell you that there's freedom that's found in Jesus Christ. That, that as a church, we want to walk together to bring wholeness and healing into people's lives. But what if I told you that last night, I went to bed thinking about a certain substance that would be socially acceptable to uh, consume in the morning, but probably not at 11 p.m. last night. Don't know, no spoilers. What, what, what about if I, if I got up in the morning and I thought, hmm, which way will I take this substance this morning? Will I uh, take it with the paper filter, with the machine that's you know, crafted in Denmark and the water comes out at 93 degrees at the perfect temperature to just sort of drip through? Or do I want to be a little bit more artisan and actually you know, do it with my hand and pour it? Or maybe I'll just go like all the way and just go the Italian, like under pressure, like short and sharp, ready, re- re- ready to go. By the way, those were all either purchased by me or gifted to me, so I'm not... I'm, Rachel just happens to be in this environment. Um, oh, that's, that, that's a little bit like that. It's not her fault. Um, what if I told you I've taken this substance twice already this morning, and I'm looking forward to this guy finishing speaking because then I can take it again straight after, but not too fast as to, you know, duck out during the final song because, you know, the worship team practiced hard, and we would never do that to get to the front of the line at the cafe first, would we ever? No, no, nothing like that at all. So I'm sure... I'm sure just every now and then I like a little, like, just, like, dagger into the ribs sort of thing. But, you know, um, I'm sure you've worked it out that we're talking about coffee. So some of you are thinking, this is awesome. I love this message. I don't feel like I'm an addict, and I also don't drink coffee. So this is, this, this is, this is great. Well, well let's, let's, let's just widen a little bit more. Um, may, maybe he, here's some more for you. May, maybe gambling. You know, you're like, but the Eagles are a sure bet. Well, probably not since about 2018, you know, or, or, or food. Hey, I'm a fan. I can say that. It's all right. Um, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe here it's food. You know, I've had a big day. The Macca's drive-through just makes me feel, you know, so much better. Maybe it's so, uh, smoking, cigarettes, vaping, marijuana. Maybe it's social media. You know, what's happening? How many likes? How you know, mindlessly scrolling through things. Maybe it's consumerism, just like buying stuff. You know, I have to have the latest or I'm feeling a little bit down and you purchase will help me and it's on sale and it's free delivery and I don't need to leave my lounge room. Like, how amazing is this? Or, or, or maybe, maybe it's, it's uh, workaholic. Maybe you're constantly thinking. You can't, can't let the thumb not check the work email for more than, more than five minutes. Hard to, hard to switch off. Maybe, maybe it's, a, it's a self-image. Maybe it's a, a gym dieting thing, which is important to be healthy and look after our health, but it can go too far and become obsessive. You know, you haven't eaten the carbs since 2012, and you're like, you know, I'm just in this thing, like ready to go. But, you know, when it comes to addiction, we can sometimes have this very, like, singular focus, just a couple of things. But what does the, what does the Bible actually say about this? And so we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 6, 12. Uh, this is Paul speaking, who wrote, to the Corinthian church, and he says this. He says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Can we just leave that scripture up on the screen for a moment? Notice that in that verse, the phrase, 
all things are lawful for me, is in inverted commas. It's in quotation marks. So these have been placed here to show us that this was probably a common slogan that the Corinthians, the people that Paul was writing to at the time, used. It was probably a common slogan that they used, you know, like, I'm free in Christ, so, you know, all things are lawful for me. This is, Paul's not actually saying that. He's quoting them back to themselves. He's speaking into this because the Corinthians had adopted from the culture around them this idea that the body is permitted to have everything it craves. Oh, sounds a little bit like 2023 to me, yet thousands of years ago. But Paul knows that human desires are tainted with sin, and sin uses these human desires to master the person for its own evil purposes. You see, the, the word that Paul uses there, uh, dominated, when he says, I will not be dominated by anything, it means to be controlled or under the power of something. It's interesting, and I think maybe a reference, um, if you know the Bible well, way back to Genesis at the start, when God gives Adam the original mandate in the Garden of Eden, and, and God's original intent for humanity was to subdue the earth and have dominion over it. Maybe Paul's referencing back to that. You see, we aren't called to come under the mastery or dominion of anything besides God. Now that, by the way, is not like an anarchist you know, manifesto to be like, I only serve God and you know, down with the government or any, any, anything, anything like that. Of course, God puts leadership and structure and in the Bible, the New Testament multiple times talks about coming under the governing authorities. That's you know, a whole other topic. But what we are talking about today is this valley of addiction and this idea that addiction can be defined as anything that has mastered us anything that controls us. And it's a big problem, but it's actually not the real problem. You see, addiction is just a symptom of the real problem, and that, that is idolatry. Big, big, big word, I know, but idolatry is simply this. It's anything that we put in front of God, anything that we place above God, anything that we put before God. And then addiction says exactly that. It says, I need this, I need this false God to function. Without it, I don't feel alive. Without it, I can't operate. You know, addiction seeks to provide what only God can truly provide. Comfort, meaning, purpose, that feeling of feeling alive, that, that pain removal, the, the healing. We think that these things maybe that control us can provide, but only truly God can provide. And, and so... Today, without coming across like, you're all addicts, where we all have, we all have addiction, just trust me, I'll, I'll, I'll show you. But I do believe that there is a call of God from our li- on our lives to freedom. There's a call from God into areas that, where we're being mastered by things that shouldn't have mastery over us. There's a call of God on our lives to, to, to freedom. And Galatians 5, chapter 1 says this, for freedom... Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. You see, God has called us this morning not to submit to that yoke of workaholism. You know, God is calling you out and through that valley. He will lead you and guide you. God is calling you out of a yoke of social media and device usage. Also interesting that we're speaking on that when we said, hey, we launched an app, by the way. Anyway, but we won't go, we won't go there. 
God has freedom for you. It doesn't have to control you or, 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 or master you. God has called you out of that yoke of lust, leading to pornography and ungodly relationships and hookups. There's a way out and through that valley, through Jesus Christ. He doesn't bring shame, but He brings forgiveness and He brings hope to our lives. There's, a, there's, a, there's freedom out of the yoke and bondage of alcohol and drug usage. There's a journey up and out of those things, and that valley can start today as you submit your life to Christ, as you gather people around you to help you take those steps along the pathway. And so today what I want to do is I want to give you a, a few keys to see freedom come as we surrender our lives to Jesus Christ and have Him bring freedom to a greater capacity for all of us. Because I, I don't know about you, I shared my coffee addiction. I'm still in the process of um, wanting to be free of that, if I'm, really, if, I, if I'm really honest. But we all have things that master us when they shouldn't, but God is calling us to freedom. So number one is this. Uh, here, here's some keys. Is we need to understand that this is spiritual. Understand that this is spiritual. John 10.10 says this. It's Jesus speaking about the devil's plans. He says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they, have, that they may have life and have it abundantly. You see, the enemy's whole intention is your destruction. If he can't accomplish it through a drug addiction, he will use your strong work ethic. If you can't put chains around you through gambling, he'll tie you up using your desire to just keep up with the Joneses and consumerism. You see, becoming free from the things that control us is not just about building better habits. That's, that's important. We'll get a bit practical near the end. That's all part of it. But often on one side... We have the church in general that has over-spiritualized everything. And then on the other side, we have the world that has under-spiritualized everything. So sometimes the church has said, just pray harder and that will help. And it does. And then on the other side, the world says, well, just, you know, get boundaries around your life and, and write habits and then, and then every, everything will be fine. What we need is both. We need both. And my point is this, is that we need to understand that there is an evil spiritual force and his plan and purpose is to take you out. That, that's, that, that's the reality of it. I know that's not, you know, sugar-coated, let's just all be positive and go out of here today. But, you know, you know trust me, there's hope, it's all right. But, but that's, the, that's the reality of the world that we live in. We live in a fallen world where the enemy wants to come and he wants to destroy our lives. But the good news is that we serve a God who is more powerful, who is more loving and more able to deliver us from these evil schemes and plans. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 5. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to, demoni sorry, to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. That, that's idolatry. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You see, prayer is healing. We bring what controls us to God in prayer, and we ask Him to come and to fill us with His Spirit and to help us. You see, the Bible, the Word of God, is powerful. We, 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 
let the Word of God come around and shape and form our lives. We, we, we choose a Bible reading plan in the YouVersion app that builds freedom into our lives. We, we choose some Bible verses to memorize or a passage of the Bible to, regu- to regularly read that, that speaks about who our true identity is in Christ. You see, it's not just about great habits. It is, but it's understanding that this is spiritual. And the Word of God is not just some nice practical principles that will help your life. There is spiritual power attached to the Word of God. And so when we use it like the sword that it describes itself as, then we we come with authority because we are coming with the Word of God. Maybe you're here and you're like, okay, I hear you, but I'm not sure how to do that. Can I encourage you to talk to your life group leader about it? Can I encourage you like, oh, I'm not in a life group. Why don't you join a life group? There are places where we develop as people, as disciples of Christ, where we come around the Word of God and we have people that can, that can help us. We have a life group all out in the foyer there. Come and be, a, and be a part. Come to Alpha on a Thursday night. Get yourself equipped, understanding who God is and the power of the Word of God and what He's called us to. I, I, I want to encourage you. There are going to be um, three passages of Scripture flash up on the screen behind me here. Write these down. These are great scriptures as you start to build your life on the Word of God. Um, what have we got up there? Colossians 3, uh, 1 to 17. I've been using this one in, um, yeah, I'll get out of the way so you can take a photo. I, I've, been, I've been using this one personally in my life over the last few weeks that we're, we're a new creation in Christ, that I put off my old self and I put on my new self that is in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, amazing. Ephesians 4, also phenomenal. You see, but don't miss this. Walking free from the value of addiction, letting go of those things that master us, um, that that is a spiritual work. It's not just a practical work. It's a spiritual work. So number one is this, uh, understand that this is spiritual. Number two, deal with the root. Deal with the root. Uh, When we first moved to Mandurah from Sydney about uh, just over four years ago, uh, we had a, a rental in, in Hall's Head, and it's, I don't know if you've ever done it before, I'm sure a bunch of people have, it's quite difficult to get a rental in a place where you don't live already, and so love real estate agents, if you're a real estate agent here, you're amazing, you're probably a great one, we had a bit of a frustrating one trying to get, in, trying to get into this place, and one of the things, because it was, you know, I was driving over, Rachel and the kids were flying over, all our stuff was in a shipping container coming over, and they, they were holding us up getting into this house because they hadn't done the weeding and gardens yet. And I remember talking to them, I'm like, I don't care. Like, please, like, we just want to, we just want to get in. So anyway, we were able to push it through. And then the gardeners, you know, it came three days later. And um, it, it was really interesting. So this house had no lawn, uh, lots of paving, but it had all these weeds coming up through the, through the cracks in the paving, right? So annoying. So wonderful contractors come in. And what do they do as wonderful real estate contractors do? They get the whippersnipper out and just ding, 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 ding. All the tops off, I'm like... This is great. But you know what's going to happen in a couple of weeks? We all know what's going to happen in a couple of weeks. The same weeds come back up again. And you know what? We can sometimes do the same thing in our own lives. It might be, okay, I need to stop using social media so much and comparing myself to others. So, you know, I'm going to set that screen time thing to only an hour a day, and this time I'm not going to press ignore, you know, when it, when, it, when, it, when it comes up, you know, like awesome decision, like great that we've got some practical system, but you can't ignore the root of why. Yes, you have to be that annoying small child and keep asking yourself, why, why? 
you know, why is the sky blue? Oh, I don't know. I failed science in high school, but because God made it that way. Why? Why? No, we have, to, we, have to be, we have to be like that. Okay, I'm always on social media. Okay, why? Well, because I just have to see what everyone else is doing, so I don't want to miss anything. Okay, so why? Well, if I miss something, people talk about things and I'll be out of the loop. I, okay, why is that a problem? Can't you just ask people to fill you, to fill you when they can explain? Um, yeah, but then they'll think I'm not with it and I'm you know, behind the times. Uh, okay, why, why is that a problem? Well, because I want them to like me and I want to be able to fit in easily and I want to be accepted. Okay, why? What do you mean why? Like, of course, everyone wants to feel that. Oh, okay, so we found the root here is that love and acceptance. Okay, so where is the best place to find love and acceptance? Maybe in a God who is all-loving, who accepts us with all our faults, with all our failures, and loves us unconditionally. We don't have to perform or post the right things or know the right things. You see, when we allow our lives to be continually transformed by God, His presence and His Word and His power, this is what He does. He doesn't come with a whippersnipper just to take all the tops off. He digs down deep. He gets into those annoying small cracks between the pavers and he pulls the weeds out by the root. He, he, his heart is not to just whip a snip of the top off. That, that's what he wants to do. And, and can I tell you, that is a continual work. It's a continual work when you're 13. It's a continual work when you're 23. It's a continual work when you're 33. It's a continual work when you're 83. It's a continual work when you're 93. Until we all go to be with God, there's a continual work of God going, you know what, at the root of my life, I'm going to allow God's transforming power to come in and make a difference. But you know what, when it comes to this, you don't arrive at clarity alone. You never arrive at clarity alone. It's a work involving others. That's why building relationships and life groups are so important. That doesn't mean that we all sit around and psychoanalyze each other, but it does mean that we discover a lot of this in the context of relationships with others who can help us. It could be a leader or pastor in this church. It could be a trusted friend. It could be a, a professional like a counselor or a psychologist. But we don't arrive at clarity alone. We don't have to try and work it out ourselves. We have a community around us. He will help us. The Bible says it like this, Proverbs 3.23. says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. From it flow the springs of life. So, so number one, when it comes to walking through the valley of addiction, when it comes to shedding those things that have mastery over us, first one is this, we've got to understand that it's spiritual. It's not just a practical work. as it is a spiritual component to this. Number two, God's called us by His power to deal with the root in our lives. And, and, and number three is this, is small changes make a big difference. Small changes make a big difference. Here's the, here's the balance of the, the spiritual and the practical. In fact, I probably shouldn't even say it like that because it's not like those two things are mutually exclusive. God works in the practical. The Bible is very practical. They aren't at odds with each other. They actually work together. Proverbs 6, which is a chapter of uh, the Old Testament, which is very practical advice against foolishness. It says this, verse 27 and 28. It says, can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned? Or can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? The, the, the Bible is very practical. 
And as we bring this thing to a close, maybe Ben can come and join me on the keys. I'd love to, with the Holy Spirit's leading, challenge you on maybe some small practical changes that will, that, that, that will help on your journey of freedom when it comes to walking out of this valley of addiction. Can I, can I propose these things? That if you have social media notifications coming up on your home screen, you're probably gonna be on it more often. Make a small change. If you always have multiple bottles of alcohol in your cupboard, you're probably going to drink more. Make a small change. If you have a sports betting app on your phone, you're probably gonna gamble more. Start with making a small change. If you go shopping while craving junk food, you're obviously going to buy more junk food, which means there's gonna be more junk in your house, which means you're going to eat more junk in your house, especially when you're, you know that, um, you know that acronym HALT? Like, uh, what is it? Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. You know, we never make great decisions. That's, that's what we need to halt and, and, and stop. But make some small changes that sets us on the right course to not be mastered by these things. What small, seemingly practical change could you make today partnered with an understanding of the spiritual realm and reliance not on our own will, not on our own energy, but on God's presence and power that would, and His Word to transform your life from the inside out. See, this morning, I believe that God wants to prompt all of us to take a step, to say, you know what, I, I, I want a greater freedom. I, I, I want to step into something that leads me, that leads me out of the valley, that leads me to what God's called me to. Why? Not because it's so much about a destination to get to, but because it's who we're becoming. God wants us to become people of freedom. God wants us to become people that don't place other things above God and His purpose and His plan for our lives. So, so maybe this morning, what is, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about? What is He prompting you to do? And in this moment, I just love us to take a reflective moment in prayer. Maybe sit there, close your eyes. Maybe you can lift your hands, whatever posture you need that sets your heart on God and His, and, and, and His plan for your lives life, sorry. Maybe for you, God's speaking to you about actually being open and honest with someone about what's going on. What, what, is, what is God calling you to? Maybe He's calling you to read more of His Word, to find those key Scriptures to start to build your life around and Build the plan and purpose of God for you. If you want, we'll flick those scriptures back up on the screen again. If you didn't write them down first time, write them down again. God has called you. God has called you to be a new creation. He's called you to put off the old and to put on the new. Maybe you're hearing, you know, this is not just a surface mastery, but there's, there's a deep addiction that's attached itself to your life. I want to tell you, there's no shame here. The Bible declares in, uh, in 1 John, it says, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. And maybe the step for you this morning is to, is to speak to someone about that, is confess 
to someone about that. We, I, I, I want to encourage you, honestly, we, we have professional services that we can put you uh, in contact with, point you in the direction and find healing and wholeness. And, and, and maybe you're even here this morning, you're like, wow, professional services, that sounds like, um, sounds expensive. I don't know I can do, I don't know if I can do that. Can I tell you, as a church, if this is a lie in the sand moment for you and you need to make a step, we'll, we'll pay for you. It's not a, it's, it's not a, you are, can I tell you, you are worth it. You are worth it. Whatever you're facing today, you are, we will gladly sow into that to bring freedom and to bring wholeness over your life. Come on, I, I feel like there's some people here and the enemy's spoken a lie to you that you're not worth it until you are. You are. We'll gladly, we'll gladly sow to that. We'll gladly walk a journey with you to see freedom and wholeness come because God has called you to be free. The Bible declares that he who's a son sets free. That's you, is free indeed. God has called you to that this morning. It's called you that this morning. As we're in this moment of prayer and reflection. I, I talked about finding the root. Can, can I encourage you that the start of all true transformation, the start of all works of God is to submit your life to Jesus Christ, to say yes to Him and have Him fill your heart and fill your life. And maybe you're here and you've never made that decision before. Or maybe you have and Maybe it's this value of addiction or maybe it's something else that's come in to, to cut that relationship with Christ. In a moment, we're all going to pray together. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to pray for you. So if you'd like to make that decision to follow Christ, to say yes to Him, wherever you are right now, would you just lift your hand? I'll see it. You can put it back down. We won't pull you out the front or embarrass you, but we do want to help you make that decision to follow Christ. Is there someone like that? Yeah, I see that hand. That's awesome. That's awesome. Come on. Is there someone else that wants to make that decision to follow Jesus Christ? We thank you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Church, would we uh, pray this prayer out loud? Would you repeat it after me? Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for saving me. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your purpose. From this day forward, I'm going to follow you. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's stand together this morning. Come on, we thank you, Jesus, that you come to bring hope. We thank you, Lord, that you come to bring life. God, we thank you that you come to fill our hearts and fill our lives with who you are. And this morning, I love us. We're just going to sing chorus a couple of times of that, of of that, that song, Living Hope, because God has called us to a living hope. He's called us to, to, to live with a purpose. He has a plan and a destiny for our lives. And so, God, we thank you right now. Let, let me pray that we're going to sing. God, we thank you right now that you come with your hope, that you come with your strength, Lord God. We thank you right now that you come and you fill our hearts and our lives. You fill this place, Lord God. I thank you. There is freedom in here in the name of Jesus. I thank you. There is freedom from addiction in the name of Jesus. I thank you. There is 
freedom from the mastery of things that wants to pull us down, that wants to destroy our lives. But God, you have come and you bring hope, Lord God, that you bring strength, that you bring purpose right now. And so we thank you right now. And as we sing this, Lord God, we're not just singing words, Lord God, but we're declaring your mighty work, God. We're declaring who you are over our lives. We're declaring, Lord God, maybe this morning you're going to sing for a loved one who's even not here. They're like, you know what? I need to declare the power of God over their lives. They need to declare freedom in Jesus Christ over their lives. Come on, you can sing for your family. You can sing for your friends. You can sing for your loved ones. Come on, let's declare this this morning.